Hi, and welcome to the Hill City Podcast. This is a recording of the weekly gathering from Hill City Church. We exist to help people follow Jesus and build their lives around three goals. To be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. If you'd like to join us, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Caustic Center in Farmington Hills, Michigan. We hope that today's message will help you follow Jesus. my family wants to have is a big garden. And as a part of that garden, they actually want to plant fruit trees around our yard. See, just last year, together as a family, we went to Hawaii, and one of the neighbors at the house we were staying at had a fruit tree. And my kids came in saying, look at this, how cool would it be if we had this at home? And at times, since that trip, they said, wouldn't it be cool if we had this in our yard? And I think it would be great, but their unfortunate reality is we live in Michigan and our climate doesn't necessarily complement fruit trees in our backyard. But I love that heart that they have. They want to have a home that bears much fruit. What if I told you that this upcoming year could be a year where you begin to bear not just fruit, but much fruit in your life? And what if I told you that God's desire for you is to actually bear much fruit? You see, Jesus, in the final moments of his life, he is with his disciples in what's known as an upper room. And in John 15, we find a portion of what's known as an upper room discourse. It's his kind of final words to his disciples. And here is what he says to his disciples. Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And verse 8 says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is the vine, and you and I, as his followers, are the branches. And what this means is that you and I were created to bear fruit. You and I were created to live a life that shows the fruit of following Jesus. This is the deep desire from Jesus for you and for me. Our lives were meant to be fruitful. And in this passage, we not only receive clarity for our lives, but we receive two promises as well. The first promise is this, that you will bear fruit by remaining in Jesus. This is what we were created for. We were created for meaningful intimacy with God. We were created to know him and to be with him, to experience him. And within Jesus, we find everything that we need as we step in and enjoy the fullness of our relationship with him, we will bear much fruit, he says. What we will experience is the results of a life with God, the life that he has created you and I for. We will experience joy that comes from being with him. And this is the aim for you and I as followers of Jesus. And this is why in this passage, Jesus uses the word remain 
five times. We are to remain in him. And this is how we bear much fruit. When this happens, verse 8 says, God receives all the glory. Do you desire to live a life that gives God glory, the glory that he deserves? It begins by remaining in him. But the second promise is just as important. And it's this, that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. I chuckle every time I read that because Jesus has no confidence in my abilities to bear fruit. And guess what? He shouldn't because he reveals a really important truth that apart from him, we can do nothing. And this is the truth of the matter. Much of life is an attempt to bear fruit on our own. I'm convinced that many people, they want to bear fruit in their lives. They're just trying to bear fruit in the wrong places or in the wrong way. No matter how much we aim to find life apart from Jesus, we will ultimately find nothing and we can do nothing that will bring him glory. It doesn't matter how good we are. That's a quite a sobering statement if you think of, think of it. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Our church attendance doesn't please God. Our volunteering doesn't please God. Trying to say less of those words doesn't please God. Answering questions in our city group doesn't please God. What pleases him and therefore brings him glory is to have Jesus's life in our life. So if we do all those things apart from Jesus, they do nothing for us. They do nothing for us, and they do nothing for our relationship with Jesus. They become the fruit of our own effort and our own self-righteous vine. And these things do not please God, and they do nothing to further the gospel of God. So promise one is that we will bear fruit by remaining in Jesus. And the second promise is that apart from him, we can do nothing. So the practical question I think we all need to ask ourselves is, how do we remain in Jesus in such a way where we bear fruit? The answer that I want to give to you today is a way of life. A way of life is a helpful tool to realize the calling that we have as followers of Jesus to remain in him. No matter where you are in your life, whether you are older or younger, whether you are married or you are single, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, whether you are in a career that you love or you are searching for a job, no matter where you are in your life, we all come to a point where we ask ourselves really these two questions. Question one is, what is the life that I want to live? And the next question that we naturally ask ourselves is, am I planning for this life that I want? Or maybe said another way, does my day-to-day -day actions set me up to live the life that I ultimately desire to have? This is a really important question that we need to ask ourselves. And it's really questions that we ask ourselves in all the other areas of our lives. If I want to run a marathon, if I want to learn how to cook, if I want to write more, if I want to paint more, or if I want to learn an instrument, the re reality is, is it will require me to rearrange my life to make this goal possible. And if we have the goal of bearing much fruit by remaining in Jesus, then we need to ask ourselves, when it comes to our faith, how are we arranging our lives around that goal? 
Well, there's an ancient tool that was used in the monastic communities to avoid this kind of regret, and it was, it was a tool that was called a rule of life. Why would they call it a rule of life? Well, the Latin word for rule is the word regula. And this word means regular, or rule, or ruler, or trellis. The word regular, where we get this word regular or ruler, literally is translated as a straight piece of wood, but it's also better translated as a pattern or model or example. And so it's believed that this same word of regular was used to describe a wooden structure called a trellis. And a trellis is, is this kind of wooden structure that was used in a vineyard to help plants thrive. In other words, it's a structure to help branches remain connected to the vine. Without a trellis, branches will constantly be weighed down. They will be carrying weight that they were never meant to carry on their own. It will, they will be carrying weight that was too much for them. But with a the trellis, these branches, they will have the ability to receive better air circulation, less mold and less rot because they'll be kept off the ground and they'll be more evenly distributed to receive sunlight. So the fruit will be healthier, but this structure will also be a structure that the fruit can grow up and it will help relieve the weight of that fruit on the vine. So the structure not only helps to produce better fruit, but it also helps the plant to remain connected to the vine by relieving some of the weight. This is what a rule of life does for our faith as well. It gives us structure to help us stay connected to Jesus and flourish in the way that we are created to. And I know you're sitting here saying, but Rick, I thought you were introducing us to a way of life and you keep saying rule of life. Good catch. For centuries, the word rule and the word way were interchangeable with one another. I personally don't like rule. Because what I hear when I hear the word rule is, how am I going to break that rule? So I personally like way of life better because it is an invitation to the way of Jesus. It's an invitation to follow him as the way. It is an opportunity for us to follow Jesus into the life that he's created us for. Plus, it's biblical. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 4.17. He says, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Did you see that? Did you catch it? Paul says Timothy will remind the Corinthians of his way of life that aligns with the teachings that he has, and therefore his deepest desires. See, when we put all of this together, I think that a good working definition of a way of life is this. A way of life is a set of spiritual commitments, relational rhythms, and regular practices that help us be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do as he did as we live in alignment with our deepest desires. Commitments, rhythms, practices. Living this way will ultimately help you bear fruit because it will help you remain connected to Jesus. This structure will help you be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Or put more simply, 
A way of life is a plan to follow Jesus. It is a plan to help you bear much fruit as you remain connected to the vine. It's a plan of daily habits, of weekly rhythms, and monthly structures that create margin for you. It creates freedom for you, and it creates the peace that you long for. It's a practical plan for you to live the life that you were created to live. I love what Dallas Willard has to say about our rhythms. He says this, you must arrange your days so that you are experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. You must, he says. In other words, it's a requirement. We need to arrange our days in this kind of way if we long to have this life that we were created for. Author David Brooks, he simply calls this commitment. He says this in his quote, Commitment is falling in love with something or someone and then building a structure of behavior around it for those commitments when love falters. I love that. Commitment or a way of life is a structure that we build our lives around that reflect our deepest desires for when our love falters. And let's face it, our love for Jesus at times will falter. And so a way of life is a structure that we put into place in our lives to help us bear much fruit. Now, what does this structure look like? What we have done is we have prayerfully built nine practices around the three goals of a disciple, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. What we desire is that when it comes to the practices of being with Jesus, that these would be practices that you would seek to do daily. When it comes to the practices of becoming like Jesus, these would be practices that you can participate in weekly. And when it comes to the practices of doing what Jesus did, we want to invite you to practice these things either monthly or quarterly as you determine best for your season of life. Well, the the practices for being with Jesus include solitude. Solitude is the intentional setting aside of time to be with Jesus, to remain in him. It's a time when we cut out all of this, the distractions in our day for that moment so that we can set our hearts and be attentive to our relationship with Jesus. The second practice when it comes to being with Jesus is scripture. The scriptures root us in God's story. And they allow us to properly align ourselves with his story. We must know how to properly read scripture. And when we do, we learn God's heart and learn to discern what his voice sounds like. And the final practice when it comes to being with Jesus is prayer. Prayer is at the center of a life with God. We integrate regular moments of prayer in our pursuit of his presence. When it comes to being with Jesus, again, these are practices that we want to invite you to participate in weekly. And the first is community. We really believe that community is essential when it comes to following Jesus. And we want to be a church that's known as doing life together. It's through relationships that God moves his kingdom and his love forward. We also want to invite you to participate in something called Sabbath. Sabbath is a gift from God. And it allows us to embrace our limitations by living in a rhythm of work 
and rest. And finally, we want to invite you to fast regularly. Fasting is going without food for a period of time. And in fasting, we weaken the flesh's power in our lives as we surrender to the power of God at work in us. Now, when it comes to doing what Jesus did, again, these are practices that we can participate in monthly or quarterly. And these would include the practices of simplicity and generosity. We believe those go hand in hand together. Simplicity allows us to create space for what really matters and what we enjoy in our lives. And then as we live more simply, we will have more margin to live more generously towards others around us. And that generosity will allow us to to fuel gospel work in our community and in our world. We also want to invite you to participate in hospitality. Hospitality is the act of inviting others into our homes and our lives. And in doing so, we open the door for the gospel to become real. We quite literally make strangers into acquaintances or friends. We allow uh, those who are far from God to enter into our presence. And as a result of being in our presence, we give them a context for what the gospel means for not only our lives, but their lives as well. We provide a place where God's spirit can move through hospitality. And finally, we believe that our lives should include multiplication. The great invitation that God gives to you and me is to be a part of his work in the world. And through multiplication, we take the knowledge, the heart, and desires that we have for Jesus and the world and invest them into the lives of others. These nine practices are what we are inviting you you to participate in through being a part of our Hill City family. And really, it is going to become our focus here at Hill City. It will be the way that we as a church remain connected to the vine and therefore bear much fruit. Now, we've created a template that we believe will be helpful in you crafting your own way of life and you taking these practices and beginning to apply them and put them into your daily schedule on your own as you see fit for your season of life. And so you can scan the QR code now or click the link in the description of this video below. But our desire is for you to be able to use this template to help you and to assist you in being able to grow in the way that God created you to grow and bear the fruit that you long to bear. And you may look at these nine practices and feel like they are a lot. And I want to remind you of two things as you enter into building your life around this way of life. One thing that I want to remind you is that the practices are our part in formation. While they may feel like a lot, they are our part in the formation process. God has a part and we have a part. And now it's not 50-50. It's not like I do this and God does this, but rather we show up and God does the heavy lifting. I don't know what the percentage would be, but if I had to guess, it'd be like 99-1. We do 1%. Our 1% is showing up with these practices and God does the other 99% of forming us and shaping us into the image of his son so that we can ultimately bear fruit in our lives. Through regularly living in communion with him, he will do the work through the Holy Spirit to transform us to look 
more like Jesus. There is nothing more important that we can give our lives to than our own transformation to look more like Jesus. And so these practices are our part in formation. That's the first thing I want to remind you of. The second thing is this, that the structure helps us bear more fruit. While it may feel like a lot to look at these nine practices and begin to say, how do these fit into my lives? These practices are meant to actually make your life and faith easier. These are meant to be a structure that, to, uh, that are helping you bear more fruit. Your way of life will carry the weight, and over time, you will actually feel freer. We think so often that freedom is the ability to do whatever we want. And we think that this freedom ultimately brings joy. But what research actually shows us is that the ability to choose whatever we want doesn't actually bring freedom. It actually brings fear and anxiety. And so the more choices we have, the more fear and the more anxious we become. So what this way of life does is it actually brings the right limits into our lives and therefore brings greater freedom and therefore greater joy. And so I hope that when you see this way of life, you are not seeing a tool that is oppressive, but rather something that lightens the load for you, makes you able to live more freely and more lightly. So you may be asking yourself, this is a lot to take in. Where do I start? That's a great question, and I love that you are thinking about this practically. So what do you do today? What do you do tomorrow? What do you do this week? I wanna offer just a handful of tips or ways that you can get started in developing your way of life around these nine practices. The first thing I wanna invite you to do is simply inventory your time. The most common pushback I hear to a way of life is, I just don't have time for it. And I get it, we are all busy, we are all running from one thing to another, but Dallas Willard famously said this, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. The truth of the matter is that you do have the time, you just devote it to other things. Instagram is proof that we have the time. Your PS5 is proof that we have the time. Netflix is proof that we have the time. If you feel like you genuinely do not have enough time to build your life around a way of life or these nine practices, what I want to simply invite you to do is track your time for this upcoming week. Look at where you spend time. Now build your time into kind of 15 minute increments and just look and see where you spend your time and look to see if you're spending time doing the things that you ultimately desire out of your life. Will these things that you are committing more time to ultimately help you produce the life that you long for? If the answer is no, if the answer is that these things are not helping you bear much fruit and remain connected to Jesus, then you do have the ability and the space to build into your life these nine practices, to build into your life this way of life. So if bearing fruit is a genuine desire of yours, then you may need to rearrange your day around these practices. The second 
tip that I want to give to you is to start where you are and not where you should do. This is so important because so often, if you're anything like me, you think aspirationally. And so you want to be like Jesus on day one. And that's a great goal. But friends, let's just be honest. We're not going to be like Jesus on day one. It will take time. And so don't start where you should be. Start where you are. In other words, start small. Don't aim for the moon. Start small. Know your limits. Determine what you can do and let that be enough. So again, start small with habits. And I would even say start small with habits that are easy for you. While you may desire to pray for an hour, that may not be realistic day one. So maybe you start with just praying five or ten minutes. That is enough. So start where you are, friends, not where you should be. The next thing I want to invite you to do is think subtraction, not addition. The reality is this, following Jesus is not about doing more, but it's actually about doing less. I used to make my way of life about all the things that I needed to do, and I found that it's more helpful to focus on the things that I'm not going to do. So I look at my day and my life, and I sit back and think, okay, what can I cut out? to create space for the things that really matter most. And so I don't wanna watch one more episode of Netflix, even though they have cut out the credits and made it so easy to roll into the next episode. Netflix is not bad, but for me, it's just a lesser thing, and I wanna devote my time to greater things. I'm going to try to limit my social media intake so that I can have more time to be with Jesus and so that I can be more content with my life in general. So it's not that Netflix and Instagram are bad, but I sit back and I say, I'm trying to take those things out of my life to create more room for the things that, in my opinion, matter most, that align with my greatest desires and my greatest wants for life, and that is to bear much fruit. Theologians have long kind of categorized the practices into categories of engagement, which are the practices where you do something, and practices of abstinence, practices where you don't do something. In my opinion, we need more practices of abstinence in our fast-paced, overly connected world. And so, try to take out more than you are putting in. So try to take out more than you are putting in. The next tip that I have for you is take into account your season of life and stage of discipleship. This is really big. Life is all about the seasons that we are in. And in different seasons, your schedule, your budget, and your relationships change. And guess what? That is okay. The same is true of your discipleship to Jesus. If you have little kids at home, Start small, and friends, be gentle with yourself. Don't fight against the season that you are in. Work with it. Recognize that this document is meant to be a living document. If it needs to change, then it can change. My season looked different when I was single, and then my season looked different when I was married with no kids, and now my season looks different when I with four young kids. That is okay. It's not bad. It's just... It, it just requires me to acknowledge 
and recognize the season of life that I am in. So don't feel overwhelmed when your stage of life changes or your structure doesn't work with your new schedule. That's okay. Your way of life will evolve and it should evolve. In the different seasons, don't be afraid to adjust your way accordingly. It should always be possible and practical for the season you're in to help you grow closer to the one who wants you to live free and light. My next tip and word of advice for you would be to keep a healthy blend of upstream and downstream practices. This kind of terminology was just introduced to me recently and I really like it. You see, this, this idea is these practices are new for many of us and some of them will be really easy for us. Those are known as downstream practices. For me, I love people and so community will never be hard for me to enjoy. And so that is a downstream practice. But because I love community so much, solitude is often more difficult for me. So that is an upstream practice for me. As you are looking at these practices and how to build them into your life, make sure that you are not just doing all the downstream practices, but rather kind of make sure that you are creating in your way of life a mix of upstream and downstream. Without upstream practices, we will not be fully formed in our discipleship to Jesus. So just like the saying goes when it comes to exercise, follow the pain. I also want you to follow your pain when it comes to your journey with Jesus. But just as importantly, I want you to follow the joy as well. So make a mix of upstream and downstream practices. And finally, when it comes to building your life around a way of life, I wanna encourage you to practice this in community. We live in a world where individualism rules the day. However, this is not what God created you and me for. We are created for community, not spending simply time in a crowd, a crowd, but to be known, to be seen, and to be heard by a group of people. So I want you to, I want to invite you to share this with your city group. Ask your city group for ideas and ways to implement this into your life and have them hold you accountable for your way of life. Check in with them and see how you can help one another build your lives around your deepest desires. For the rest of this upcoming year, we are going to take one practice each and every month. And then what we are going to do is we are going to invite you to practice this in a deeper way with your city group. My dream is that this is what we do together at Hill City. This, is, this just becomes part of what it means to live life here at Hill City. It just is what it means to be part of the Hill City family. These practices describe not only our way of life individually, but our way of life as a church. We love to be together and we are intentional with solitude. We love the word of God and we believe in the power of prayer. We fast and we give and we witness to the world around us. I love this idea that we are not just practicing the way of Jesus in our groups, but we as a church, together we are seeking to usher God's kingdom here and now. Now, to those of you who have grown up in churches that have felt like it was all about the rules, some of you, you're having kind of alarms go off, your antenna are going up, this may feel legalistic to you. And it may feel like these are things that we must do 
to have Jesus pleased who it was. I want to remove that way of thinking off of your shoulders right now. And I want you to clearly hear me. These practices are not the goal, but rather they are a means to an end. The goal is to be with Jesus. The goal is to become like Jesus. The goal is to do what Jesus did. And these things will help us ultimately bear fruit by remaining connected to the vine. So the goal is not to do these practices. These are a means to help us accomplish the goal. And so I want you to know clearly here today that there is no power in the structure. There's only power in the source. The structure's only function is to help us stay connected to the source, to stay connected to Jesus himself. You are not meant to live in guilt just because you miss a spiritual practice one day or you miss something in your structure one week. Jesus came to set you free from guilt and shame. And so if you miss some of your practices, I want you to hear me. Friends, there's much grace. There is much grace. Jesus is inviting you to a way of life, not rules for your life. So there's no power in the structure. This structure is just a tool to help you bear fruit by remaining connected to the vine. Remember that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So there is grace, friends. You are not meant to live in guilt just because we miss these practices. They are meant to help you to stay connected to Jesus. So friends, what is a way of life all about? It is all about remaining connected to the vine. And I pray that as we journey together in this next year through these nine practices, that you will learn the secret to a life that is connected to the vine. Then you will find that your life now looks far different than your life one year from now, because in one year from now, you will be bearing much fruit. So friends, I'm excited for the journey that God has us on as we together remain connected to the vine and bear much fruit as we follow a way of blood. Blessings. Thank you for listening to this week's message at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Caustic Center in Farmington Hills, Michigan. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to our website at thisishillcity.com.